0: Hey guys, welcome to the 7 Figure Box Podcast. My name is Andrew Frezza and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Stu Brower. Uh, Stu's the owner of Urban Movement in Charlotte, North Carolina. He also has a uh, podcast and business consulting business called WTF Gym Talk as well as a new project, Micro Gym University. And uh, Stu, I want to have on the show. I was actually on his podcast a few weeks back, so you guys can check out that episode. But Um, Stu's the person that really kind of gave me, got me over the hump of starting my own podcast, this podcast that you guys are listening to seven figure box. So, uh, you know, I have a lot of inspiration from Stu, really excited to have him on the show and, uh, excited to dive into a lot of knowledge bombs
1: today. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you, man. I had a, I had a lot of good feedback from our conversation previously. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm excited for this. This is, it's, it's always fun. Uh, to jam with somebody who is sitting on a, a similar track, right, who is talking with gym owners. Like, again, there's just there's a little bit more of um, a behind-the-scenes kind of conversation like you and me could start having, and I think someone listening to this who might either own a gym or maybe they just belong to a gym but they love hearing, like, how the donuts are made kind of scenario. They're like, holy fuck. Like, I never thought of it like that. And I think that's the benefit of having a conversation with other people who help problem-solve in the fitness industry. Right. Yeah. So like all day, like I'll talk with clients and I am, you know, they have the problem. That's the input to me. My output is a, hopefully a solution, but it's really cool when you get a bunch of problem solvers together. That's where the conversation can take really fucking unique turns. And, uh, and, the, those golden little nuggets, everyone likes to talk about just fucking start flowing. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. A lot of
0: this podcast is going to be Selfishly asking questions <laughs> that I want to ask you. This so.
1: motherfucker, he just got a free <laughs> console, is what he did. He's like, yeah, come on my podcast, <laughs> amen. I respect the hustle. <laughs>
0: um, but anyways, where I wanted to start is, I know you talk a lot about this um, in various forms with the vlog and and on your podcast of just making this transition from CrossFit South End to Urban Movement today. And can you can you walk us through the thinking behind that a little bit? Because like. My general feeling is like you you broke something that you almost didn't need to break in yeah. a certain sense. Like it was very successful um, and you probably could have evolved to urban movement in a little bit of a way with with maybe retaining and I don't know what percentage of people you retained or lost, but from what the way you talked about, it, it sounds like it was a lot. But I feel like there could have been more of an evolution versus uh, like you really seem to have make an effort to break that model and start fresh. Yep. So so why go for that versus more of that evolution into this new brand?
1: Yeah. Um, cause I so again, it's a bunch of different questions there. And it's this <laughs> this this podcast came on the back of a very quick meeting I had where me and my guys were doing a, our third iteration of the class style of what we're experimenting with here urban movement right i needed something that didn't look like crossfit it doesn't look like orange theory it doesn't look like metabolic these other models that i have in my market and i need to create something that truly can stand alone where someone comes in and says this is truly different and guess what guys it takes years to do i'm going on over two years of experimenting with this and we're going into our third iteration every time we're closer now going to your first question why break it because i didn't own it again i need everyone and i've talked about this i found CrossFit early, right? It's like finding, getting a good tip on a stock. I went all in. I reaped the financial benefits of having a CrossFit inside one of the fastest growing cities in the country, which is Charlotte, North Carolina. And then if you get hyper-local into the demo of the growth, inside of the fastest growing zip code of Charlotte, North Carolina. I had CrossFit in Southend, that was my affiliate name. Now, I'm not an idiot. I, that's part luck. And that's part, I knew, I knew that area was going to do well, but I sit back and what did I own? I can't sell, I can't sell CrossFit South in the name. I don't own it. I literally, I had an organization reach out to me to purchase my affiliate name, the associated Instagram handles and websites. And they obviously weren't, um, uh, on the up and up as that, what that entails. Neither was I. I had to look into it. I couldn't sell it to them. I don't own it. You have a CrossFit affiliate. You are leasing that CrossFit affiliate name from CrossFit, either at the end of your lease or you continue to lease it or you give it back to them. But you will never fucking own it into the fact that if you own something, you can sell it back like I'm using a car analogy. All right. Okay. So with that, there was that. I also um I, I I get into a space and I see everyone else doing the same thing. I was slowly. you. I was very unique when I showed up. Cause I just got into CrossFit early and then I slowly just faded into the group of all of you guys. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm an individual. I cannot sleep at night if I'm not doing something a little bit different, a little bit scary, something that has not been fucked with before and where I need 80% of people to tell me you're fucking stupid. There's no reason you should do this. And so that again, and I had a different vision for what I think fitness looks like. I like CrossFit solidified for me. That's what fitness should look like. Give me 10 years of doing it, which I had, which I did. And I'm like, I'm not gonna lie. Crossfit is what finish should look like, but not the way we're all doing it. You guys all stick with your fucking overhead squats and people who've never touched the barbell before. You stick with writing the fucking scores up on the board. You stick with having this competitive culture built around the open five weeks out of the year, which in, you tell me is not a competitive culture, yet you have women crying when they don't get a score better than some fucking chick in Beijing on 19.6. No, go ahead and tell me it's no fucking different. I just didn't want to be a part of that. And I saw my market and where I am hyper locally in Charlotte, I saw an opportunity to create something better. And then it was solidified for me because Orange Theory shows up and crushes the scene. 1,500 locations in eight years, which mm-hmm. is faster growth than CrossFit with a price point of $350,000 or whatever it is attached to it. So I see that, and that solidifies my thought even better. These guys took it way to the the, the soft extreme, but well-branded, well-organized, well good narratives – CrossFit's on this end of the extreme. I'm going to go digging in the middle. I don't know what the middle looks like. I fucked with the middle as far as associating myself with businesses that I think are playing in the middle, the metabolics of the world, the alchemies of the world. And I and I started playing in that space, and I realized that even those two models were not doing the things exactly how I would think they could be done or should be done mm-hmm. for my vision, and that's what it is. So, sure, could I have stayed CrossFit South in and not had – the drop off you mentioned some numbers there and uh, and you know to, to be perfectly I'm gonna be perfectly blunt with everybody um, you know if if I told everybody that we took a uh, a 30 percent hit in revenue right I think some people would be like oh that was a fucking that was a mistake then and I'd say it, it wasn't I'd say you've never fucking danced before buddy because sometimes you got to take one step backwards and go two steps forward. And I believe that short term pain, if like you think you're gonna be entrepreneur and you're just gonna catch it and just ride it and it's gonna be a linear periodization, just nice and tight, you're not gonna have downticks. I, I truly question like the the resolve and the resiliency you're gonna have when something does happen. I gave myself an economic downtick before the recession is gonna hit, whenever the fuck that's gonna be, right? Like I've, and anyway, so with that being said, I wanted, uh, I had a different core value and core vision kind of come to align urban movement is the manifestation of that. We do not have it figured out. Nobody knows we exist in the grand scheme of things compared to a CrossFit gym, right? Mm -hmm. My branding is nowhere near. I'm a, I'm a fucking ant in a world of lions. And, um, I go into work every single day and we figure out how we can do that better and better and better. And every day it's just getting better and better and better. And I I see where the trajectory is and uh, a really long fucking answer to your question, but, uh, that's why I didn't stay comfortable.
0: That's that's great. Um, what, what were some of the the hardest moments along the way? Was it was there any points where you got certain feedback from people where uh, you question yourself or, or did that just reiterate where you were going um, along the way? Yeah, um, no,
1: I, we have <laughs> we uh, it, it literally I feel like Isaac should be giving this podcast, not me. Um, <laughs> literally every single day is a are we doing the right thing? Should we have, like, are we doing this right? And again, it's an experiment. The thing with CrossFit gyms, and I was recently just contacted, I had a very close gym owner friend of mine, a a client, um, say he had dinner with a bunch of gym owners in a a certain area of the country, and my name came up as discussion. And a lot of people believe that because I've grown this what the fuck gym talk thing, that affords me the opportunity to let my fitness business take a shit, get hit in the face from a profitability and a profit margin perspective because I have this other form of income. Mm -hmm. And they're not wrong. I 100% make a lot more money having two businesses than I did with one. And obviously it allows me, but I pulled myself out of the payroll function of CrossFit South end in 2015. I forced myself to feed myself with what the fuck gym talk Mm -hmm. and force what the fuck gym talk or the gym to not survive me anymore, to not provide for me anymore. So the business has taken a huge hit but when we think of like the people that um, have the naysayers are like, why are you doing this? Or like clients who have left or coaches who didn't stick around or whatever it is. It's like anyone else. It's hard to describe to them what it is I believe this vision is gonna be in my, beaut- my amazing staff here that every day all they're trying to do is stew what is inside your head. How are we gonna do it like this? I think I get a good idea. And like Deuce wrote this manifesto on the new class structure that is just absolutely phenomenal. We just spent the last 20 minutes jamming on it. And I think my guys, because I'm not even fully – I don't know what the plan is yet. I'm figuring out every day. They get in the detective seat too. They're like, well, hey, what about this? I thought of this. And sometimes I think for the guys that are questioning why you switch up your model, um, they don't understand, but they can't – I can't explain it to anybody because if I could – there would be a lot of me's around there's and, there, and again, to be not to sound arrogant or whatever, but there's not a lot of guys that are going to take a moneymaker and break it like I did purposely. Yeah. And I know a lot of guys are waiting for me to just fucking eat shit and fold up shop and be like, I was wrong and go back to CrossFit, which I would have no problem doing. If I do eat shit on this and I completely fail, I've got no fucking problem raising the flag back up. Cause I'm not romantic about an idea. I tried it. It didn't work. I would not, I wouldn't blink twice at that failure. I would not care. Um, I would care, but I would not let it settle me. I would not let it bury me. Um, But yeah, no, for guys that have got like, hey, why, you know, why are you doing this? You know, they need some convincing. It's like, listen, I, I wish I could explain it to you. I can't, I just, this is, I have a different idea in my head and I'm figuring it out. It's like painting. It's like, no, that's not right. Or writing a draft, writing a book, you write fucking four different editions. And it's like, no, that's not what it's going to look like. And someone's like, well, what yeah. is it going to look like? I don't know yet. If I did, mm-hmm. it would fucking be here. I would have fucking 20 franchise orders in the door right fucking now if I had it finished. I don't. But good God, it's only been two years. Like this is something like, you know, again, to really build something from scratch without VC money and stuff like that, years, years. Not, not months, right, kind of scenario. So it's also just kind of an extreme patience game. Um, obviously, my real estate company and that kind of thing uh, plays a role in the timing and the patience of stuff. Um, but because we own this building, we'll own the next one and, and things like that, that. Actually, there's a timeline. But even if I, if I was ready to buy a building today, I wouldn't because I don't have my model figured out yet. We won't open our second location until this one is dialed in and everything is firing on all cylinders. Yeah, it's, I mean, it sounds like from
0: hearing you talk, you, you spend a lot of your time in the future. You're looking at where this thing is going. And that kind of gets you through this, these day to day hiccups that most people, most gym owners kind of dwell on those things, whether that's, you know, feedback from members or or other things. And you're kind of just constantly looking towards that future and yeah. I don't
1: live daily, weekly, or monthly. Quarterly is the lowest, is is currently, and, and to say that is somewhat of a lie, because if I hear some bad numbers monthly, it fucking will irk at me a little. But I honestly, I don't get my feelings hurt, angry, or proud, unless it's a quarterly number. And I think there's a lot of guys that can't have a, a more of a macro, and I wouldn't even call that macro. That's more mezzo kind of view. That's not even completely zoomed out. There are businesses that operate without a profit margin for fucking years. Uh, anyway, these guys that are that again might have some criticism or something of what it is I'm doing or this idea of doing this. Um, they pr- I think they have maybe maybe too much of a micro mindset where the day-to-day low points, no consults today. Like if I knocked on that window right now and I said, Isaac, do you have any consults today? She'd probably say no. Well, if I let that but if I let that upset me emotionally today, that will carry over to tomorrow. And I can't be like, oh, there's just one day out of 30. Oh, and one 30 days out of 120 in the quarter. I've got 120 fucking at bats. We're going to be okay. I'm not worried about micro little losses like that. Um, And to the point, you know, to, I think a lot of guys in this particular group, that reference that I was referencing earlier that I became a topic, a a small topic of at their dinner conversation, they had all rebranded. And I think a lot of people say they rebranded and they truly haven't. I'm really happy. I'm documenting this like literally so that I could say like, no, Johnny, because you were... CrossFit Phoenix, and you change it to Phoenix. Fe- and I apologize to CrossFit Phoenix out there if they're listening, but like CrossFit Phoenix, and you change it to Phoenix Strength and Edition. That's not a rebrand. You did you you repositioned. Repositioning yeah. is my name's Stuart, and I'm wearing a backwards hat and Lululemon, and then I go and change, and I come back, and I'm wearing a wig and maybe some women's clothes, and I tell you my name is uh, Sally. I'm really fucking Stuart. I right? am just dressed differently. However, rebranding is me going down to the fucking hospital, getting my dick chopped off, tits slapped on, putting a vagina in there, and now I come back, and I am truly a different person. I've got a high-pitched voice, and I fucking love magenta nail polish. Like I'm truly a different person. That is rebranding. We completely rebranded the business. We did not just reposition. And I think a lot of guys – I think that's where the self-made summit that I'm putting on comes in. I'm bringing in the businesses that actually rebranded. They, and when I say rebranded, they abandoned CrossFit and created something else. And look at what they've created. Who knows? Maybe in my fucking subconscious, I'm putting on the Self Made Summit because I need the motivation. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I started fucking with Metabolic and Alchemy 365 two years ago. Because I need to be around the guys who were fucking winners. Do you not think Metabolic, when they sold their, they sold, got rid of their CrossFit gym in 2012, they missed the gold rush. I mean, metabolic was a underdog for a while here in Charlotte yeah. because CrossFit was booming. And, you know, but, I, you know, that kind of thing motivates me. And I, I look at the I look up to those guys. Those guys are, are motivators of mine. And um, and I won't fucking stop until I've either completely failed and I, you know, I'll go down swinging or until we've made it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I think the, the fact that you're willing to iterate and evolve this thing, you're going to end up with something that's fantastic. You know, most people are kind of stuck on one idea and then hoping that thing works out and then just kind of beating their head against the wall. So it's only a matter of time before that thing clicks.
1: And when the, and a lot of those gyms that rebrand, I think they truly have some different ideas. They're afraid to leave the reservation of what's working though. And I think when they see someone not have that fear or that fuck it, it's very easy. Like it's way easier to be a critic than it is a creator. Anyone listening, write that fucking thing down. It is way easier to criticize than it is to create. So, next time you go to criticize something, really identify Am I knocking this because I'm actually able to speak intelligently because I have two created something similar and I don't think it's a good idea? Or is it because I'm maybe envious or jealous of your ability to say fuck it and try it when secretly I changed it to Phoenix Train the Conditioning. But what I really wanted to do was get rid of the dropping barbell on the leaderboard. But I'm too much of a bitch to do it because I'm afraid that the inmates run the asylum. And I'm going to lose my money and I'm a slave now that I can no longer create because I don't want to upset the current inmates of that. Build. Like, and I think that's the thing that I run into a lot of it. I think a lot of guys that, um that really hate, like this self-made something is not popular, by the way. Like if you look, some of the messages that I get from guys that are like, listen, no, no disrespect, but I think it's fucked up what you're doing, trying to get gyms to de-affiliate and all that. I'm like, no, 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 no. Whoa. Pump the brakes, homie. I'm not trying to do that. Right. This is not a fucking anti CrossFit deaffiliation, like, uh, you know, workshop. This is literally if something's been boiling in your head that you want to do, come to the Self Made Summit October 19th and 20th and talk to guys who have done it. And then you could walk away saying, you know what, not for me. Or fuck yeah, that unlocks something that has given me the permission or the idea or the logistics to move forward with it. So, um, but yeah.
0: Cool. Um, so I want to talk about business coaching a little bit. So just kind of like on a general level, like what do you feel, not just you, but like, you know, there's two brain and factory forge and all Mm -hmm. these business coaches out there. What do you think the primary value is that the consulting Mm -hmm. as a whole in our industry brings to the table?
1: Yeah. So I hate the word consultant and mentor. I hate that word too. And I hate guru more than anything. I honestly, if I had to like, if I could, I'm trying to make a lot of words happen, right? like uh, mean girls, like fetch, it's not going to happen. Like I'm trying to make micro gym happen and Sally happen. I all these lexicon. I'm really pushing into the ether. Um, So what do we call you? I I think it's problem solver. I I think that's what I am. I am a problem solver. People call me because they have a problem. I prevent solutions. Some of, those, some of those solutions are enroll in Micro Gym University because you don't really need me. Like you, there's there's constructs and models out there you just weren't aware of. Like, oh, I didn't realize that the four ways to compensate someone were hourly, salary, performance and commission, and then barter. And I didn't realize that out of those four, there's 10 different ways to do that on each one of those. And I can pick and choose. Like, I just wasn't aware those existed. Yeah. I didn't know you could have a hybrid salary and a, a com- commission-based kind of structure. I didn't realize you could pay people based on retention. And, and like there might be just things they don't know. And that's where that's why it's micro Gym university for education. Right. So like that is where you go to learn. Could this thing like what you know you and me do we talk to people um, my one on one calls that is I have a specific problem and I want a specific answer and I'm willing to pay the price to get your time to solve my specific answer. I could go talk to my friends, my family, my wife's dad. I could go talk to the other business owners, but nobody understands my microgym problem. Like you might understand my microgym problem. Please help me solve my problem. That's what I do. How
0: much of it is you coming up with a, a more creative solution that they haven't thought of yet versus telling them the five other things not to do that they were thinking about doing and actually making them choose the thing they already
1: sort of knew they were supposed to do in the first place? Uh, I would say a lot of the time, the creative process is on me, which is unfortunate because that's an unscalable thing, right? That's very tough. Um, and I'd say the other, you know, that's 50 and then the other 50% of it, 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 they've, they toyed with the idea. So here's a great one. Um, gym owner is burnt out, but can't afford full-time staff. They've done everything in the, in their power to possibly, um, grow the business other than raise their fucking prices. They've known that was a topic that I probably was going to bring. They have people like, I know you're going to tell me to raise my prices. I'm like, then why don't we just start with that? The thing yeah. that you know, I'm probably going to say is the thing that we should probably focus. and what they need is they need someone to give them the game plan of this is how it will happen to reassure them with some stats that I have from doing it previously to show them play Nostradamus. And you know, this is what the future is going to look like. And then that puts them at ease. And I, I, I pay for that every, I, I have a marketing and branding coach that when we were doing everything, we had to sit down and we had to show me like what this was going to look like and sound like and feel like, and that put my mind at ease because in my mind, and just like any of these other entrepreneurs and micro gym owners that are listening to this, that is a fucking closet of like gremlins and like, that are all on acid and fucking like exit and they're just fucking insane in there. And you need someone that like walk in the door and be like, listen here, gremlins, calm the fuck down. right? relax. This, let me pull one at a time out of the closet and show you how we're going to fix this issue or how we're going to address this thing that's yeah. bouncing around in your head. So um, I would say it's 50-50, uh, a creative process that I install or an affirmation on something they had already thought of, but they were afraid to pull the trigger on. Yeah, I, I, I
0: feel like the price racing, I've heard you talk about, you know, just countless times. Is there, is that like probably the number one thing that you bring to the table that Like sort of your specialty as a coach? And not that's the only
1: thing, but like what do you feel some of your strengths are as a coach? That was my busiest piece of work. And then I think I started making a lot – and again, I will say this, the CrossFit Open really screwed a lot of people. The reason it was my busiest piece of work is I had a few pieces of content do well where I talked about um, starting to plan your price raise in the fourth quarter and then doing the price raise in the second or third week of the Open, which is the first quarter of the year, is the best timing for it. Well, now that is gone. Now the open is, and the reason why if you're a CrossFit affiliate listening is because your members are never going to be more involved in your gym as they are during the open. If you're this across a CrossFit model that does the open, it's generally a great time to do a move like that. Now with the open being in October, you're raising prices on people in the worst month, of, the worst quarter of the year to do so, which is the fourth quarter. Travel's the highest, credit card debt's the highest. Nation- nationwide, it's a very tough time to tell people you're ramping up their services because probably their attendance is going down because they're traveling for the holidays and this, that, and the other thing. Sorry, you know, again, as a CrossFit affiliate, that that sucks, um, but you you don't have to do it during the Open. You can We still do price raises. I just did one um, overseas actually, uh, not during the Open. So, um, but yeah, that was a big piece of work in the beginning. Now PT First is a big piece of my work, uh, installing that process into a gym who has finally heard it. I think that'll continue to be a big piece. I think it'll be one of the most purchased courses, uh, the sales and PT First course from Micro Gym University. And branding, brand redesign, right? Um, I take people through books like Traction and Primal Branding, Mm -hmm. and we literally hours and hours and hours and hours before we even get possibly, possibly the name of a business, possibly a tagline. Mm -hmm. But literally, like, it's so crazy. I'm like, you're literally right now thinking, why in the world am I going to pay this money to do a brand design with you? And then literally after the first call, like, holy fuck, that was so much, yet we got nowhere, and I'm like, that's what this takes. Like you don't understand. There is no like – there's not like this like fucking like, uh, like a hopper, and it just like boom and pull out. Hmm, Evo. Would you like that name in there? Let's slap that in. Like Evo Fit. Like whatever. Like you can't just – that's not how it's created. There is so much abstract work that goes into it to make it actually work because then you got brands like oh, – I, I know if I say something cliche, it's going to actually be the name of someone's gym. Like um, – <laughs> slit th- slit throat fitness and then they want you know their slogan and tagline is like making this the best hour of your day like no like that's not going to work for slit throat fitness <laughs> like it, the branding is way off homie so anyway um in you know the fucking the industrial gyms that are trying to make the front desk look modern as hell and then they send me they're like I just spent $4000 on all this interior design and I look at it something's not right I'm like because the entire building is an industrial warehouse and you bought everything from Pier One. Like it looks like fucking, like it's the wrong, it doesn't make sense aesthetically because a lot of us don't have that abs- that abstract mind to be able to look at things like this connects the dots, the Tetris blocks fit together well like this. This doesn't look good. And I'm no interior designer by, by any means. I've gotten way, 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 way better in the past five years with everything we've done with the building and working with other gyms. But I would say that, like literally, creating uh, reception areas. I've literally concept gyms are a big part of my work. So a couple guys that are getting together to open a gym or a single owner who's in concept, and we take it from concept to grand opening and so on and so forth. So nice.
0: Who? So who coaches you? Have
1: you have you had
0: a coach along yeah, the way? Do you I've have had, a coach I guess, right I now. Three
1: individuals that I I confide in the most. I have three mentors that I confide in. Uh, one of them is on branding and marketing, which everyone knows, which is Joe Timaldi. Um, Another one is on the real estate side. Uh, his name is Ed Macieski. And another one is my father-in-law, who is a uh, – um, I married into his genius of 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 not only branding, um, but he's an architect by design, but he doesn't build houses. He builds cities. So he is an urban designer. And when I listen to him craft and talk about urban design – it is so very similar to some of the constructs I think of of creating a community inside of the gym and what I've done here with Urban Movement, with the different elements of the coffee and the this, whatever, um, he 100% is. But I do not have a micro gym coach. I don't have that. Have you type. ever had one? No, never had a micro gym coach. I, well, Billy Kensinger and Ambrose Laburu, when I first got in, they were my uh, at Globo gym. They mentored me and trained me for over two years uh, in sales Staffing, hiring, developing, leadership, all that. Because again, I, I talk about my global gym experience as business school for fitness. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say Billy Kensinger and Ambrose Laburu uh, were two incredible mentors for over two years I had on that side. But on this side, no. I, and I, um, I will learn. from. But again, I, I don't have a mentor. I will, I will associate with colleagues colleagues like Brandon Cullen at Metabolic and Mike Jones at Alchemy 365 and Steve Pinkerton at Vitality Fitness and I will I have colleagues I will consult with and talk with on topics if I'm stuck to get a different perspective. I'm surely not uh, I'm the most coachable person ever, but I do not have a direct kind of micro gym business coach. Well,
0: um how how have you evolved as a coach and you know like thinking not necessarily just in terms of what you're teaching, but from being a coach over the last few years on the business side, obviously you've been doing CrossFit for a long time, but like, how have you evolved as a coach? And I'm asking more of this again, kind of selfishly of, um, I talk with a lot of gym owners. I don't have any formal coaching relationships with any at this time. And, um, I'm just kind of curious, like what were some of the early mistakes you made with, uh, your business coaching
1: and how have you evolved in that? So when I started, because I was a nobody, I did what a lot of us do with the gym. I made the same mistakes out of necessity. A lot of the mistakes we talk shit on, like, and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expose a lot of these business coaches, myself included. We tell everyone, don't lower your, don't have low pricing to get people in the door. Don't do it. It kills the value of what you have or whatever. However, if you step into a market with zero credentials, zero authority, right, you will not ever be known. So if if anyone remembers how we started this in 2015 I start posting videos off my iPhone and I start distributing them into CrossFit affiliate owners groups all over the world, different Facebook groups. That you've since been kicked out of. <laughs> yeah, that's been kicked out of the majority of them, right? Because they thought it was self-promoting, even though I never, ever, ever have had a call to action in there, uh, you know, except for maybe like, hey, we're doing a self-made self. like now in 2018 and 19, I think I've dropped some calls to action because I've earned it with the reputation, but early days, never it was just information and they still kick me out. Anyway, um, I did uh, X amount of calls in the beginning for free. I just got gym owners to come on who are interested in doing a thing that I had done. So I had the experience, but I wasn't trading monetary dollars for that experience. I was trading content because I knew the only way to create money was to create content and I needed content. So I did these screens just like you and me are doing right now in Skype mm-hmm. and I record them and that was if anyone's watched my content, they see saw so much of that there was a handful of them, three or four videos that were free in the beginning, Sean Ryder Owned Shenandoah Fit. was my first, I think, paid one, possibly. He was one of the first. And it was $100 an hour. $100 an hour to speak to me. And at the time, I was like, well, that's more than my personal training rate. So this is pretty good. I think it makes me accessible to the market. Um, Now, you know, in complete no bullshit transparency, there are people that pay $400 a month to speak to me for 30 minutes. So as I exchanged content for free information. I harnessed that content. I distributed it. I was then able to go ahead and make a switch to, okay. And the next guy coming to oh, how much is it? Cause they didn't know. They didn't know everybody else was free that I've been talking to when it's a hundred bucks an hour. And I literally went from a hundred dollars an hour and we did, I did a price raise and we did a second price raise. And now, it, you know, the hourly is, at, you know, at a minimum, it's around 300, 360 an hour ballpark. Um, and that, that was it. That was the, the, but I don't look at that as a mistake. I look at that as like, you know, I, I, the reason I want to call this out and I'm telling this story and dropping these numbers is cause for the gyms that are like, yeah, I had to have low price. Like, I don't think you need to start with basement pricing. I also didn't know what to charge. Like I consulted with consultants and
0: mm-hmm. they're like, well,
1: yeah, we charge 450, but I'm also working for Microsoft as a yeah. consultant. I'm like, fuck, well, what do I do in the micro gym market? So it was, it was an experiment, um, but I, I raised prices very quickly. I was very quick to raise prices and I followed my own advice on that um, exactly how I would do one with uh, a gym and that, and it's always, just always been, it's always how it's worked. So I would say in the very beginning from a business coaching for you, you need to be sitting on a mound of content that trans, that transcends just audio. You need to become a video force. People have to see your face. I think people trust faces and you know what people trust is authenticity my podcast would it works because you hear the tone of my voice. My videos work because you hear the tone of my voice. I stopped writing articles because the tone of my voice, the tone of the way I talk, doesn't transcribe well in a, in, a, uh, in written word. Mm-hmm. Leave that to Chris Cooper, all right? I'm better on video because people, I think, can feel my authenticity more. I think if you read the written word, you think I'm a douche. Okay, so um, I think it's also you got to you got to sit on a certain library, a certain uh, bulk of content to be able to demand any kind of price point to be like, well, you know, cause that's essentially is why should I pay you? Have you not seen those 15 fucking videos? They're averaging four to seven minutes of fucking video. Did you not get enough information there to see that? Like you were the one who contacted me for the call. Of course there's fucking value on my hand, on my end. Right. So, um, yeah. How, I how much I, of
0: it was, um, you know, you started free when you began to charge, how much was that? Um, I feel like I can, deserve to charge because people people have seen my content, they're willing to pay versus I'm ready to charge because I feel like I'm delivering so much value that they're gonna more than make this money back in return. How much of it was you seeing it as like, okay, now there's a brand there versus like, now I can deliver that value. Or was it
1: a combination of both? You know, I think it was a combination of both, but honestly it was math. I knew how much money I wanted to make doing this. I knew how many hours, because at this point I'm not working in the gym. Remember, I've I've, mm-hmm. I've been able to walk away from that. So I knew many hours a day I wanted to work and I just did math in my head. And I remember when I was like, I swear, when I get to making $1,500, that was 15 calls back then, 15 calls a week, three calls a day, Monday through Friday. When I make $1,500 a week, $6,000 a month, I'll be, I'll be good. And it's so fun, like Chris Webster, because I remember he was he was my full time videographer at the time, helping me make content as I started getting into the paid gigs, and he would always come in. I had on the boards like, where are we at now? How many calls like, how many calls we got booked this week? And he he was always really motivating and like, cool, we're getting there, buddy. And then we just just crushed that, and the price had to go up and all this other stuff. But um, yeah, it was math for me. I just had a number in my head of how much money I wanted to make per month extra. I was like, fuck, if I can make an extra $6,000 a month on my side hustle, working three hours a day, fuck yeah, I'd be plenty happy with that. And that's where I started it with math. I didn't really start it on like, man, when I feel like I've done this or when the market feels like I'm smart enough and I've delivered enough value, it was just math. You know, that's where the pricing, that's where $100 you know, probably came from. That's where how many calls per week I would do. Like I literally would only take those 15. That was it, no more, you know? Um, but yeah, math was kind of it was the the driving force there.
0: So so now that this thing has evolved over the years and you know, it sounds like filling your, your book of business on the consulting side isn't isn't an issue. You have a new project in microgym university. And I've heard you talk about before, like WTF Gym Talk is a job. It's not a business yet. Now yeah. I, I see Micro Gym University, if you're throwing that under the same umbrella, that potentially makes this a business. So where, where do you see the future on kind of the consulting plus like the, you know, the school side of things, um, going, do you see yourself kind of getting out of this job of the consulting?
1: Um, I, again, I've talked about this. I believe I'm going to continue doing consulting until we, uh, probably move on location two, right? Location two there, what happens there? Again, my, uh, network since I started doing what the fuck gym talk has grown exponentially. It would be foolish and it'd be lying if I said that it doesn't cross my mind that doing what the fuck Jim talk from 2015 till 2022 crazily opens my network and somebody's like I love what I've heard you talking about for the past three years with Urban Movement I am part of a small VC equity fund let's make this thing happen and. You have a built-in application pool. The second Stu Brower in 2021, because you've at that point, you don't have 46 vlogs. You have 246 vlogs. You have a bigger influence, says he is opening franchise applications for Urban Movement. I know I can cash in on that. I know you are the right jockey. And you've been fucking developing this horse for a very long time. I am. I would 100% say that that is, when I talk about the content and why I talk to the F45s and I fuck around with all these other, is to increase my network. If and when I decide to franchise Urban Movement, I will have a built-in application pool. I will have people who are tired of running their own business. Maybe they never hired me as a coach, but they've been listening to me for years. And they're like, fuck this. I love everything I've heard. I've dropped in at his gym. I went to one of his PT first things. I saw whatever – I'm in on that. I, I 100% understand I will have that opportunity. Just like Jason Kalipa, if he did it right now, same thing. If he said he was franchising NC Fit, he'd have more applications than he would want to allow. Like, and I'm 100% aware of that. Let's say I don't franchise it. though. Let's say they stay corporate-owned, like what Alchemy 365 does. I will probably at some point take a backseat to the consulting. I will always, like, I really have fallen in love with this. Um while we're tweaking these classes, I've been jumping in maybe once a week to coach a class, or whatever, to kind of see how that new class flow and what we're doing differently with the classes, how that feels from my, on my end, because I take classes, but I, I like to jump in behind that seat as well as a coach. Um, I'll be doing a little bit more of that. I'll be back in the gym owner role, because I tell people, like, again, no no offense to Coop and um, Kalipa and some of these other guys, but they, like... I'm not trying to grow the biggest consulting company. I don't think Jason's trying to, he's not trying to grow a consulting company. He's trying to grow a fitness business. Mm -hmm. Coop is trying to grow a consulting company, which I fucking love. He's trying to help a million entrepreneurs, which I think is a noble, amazing uh, mission. I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to, for a period of time, you'll have access to work with someone like me. If you relate to me, like me, whatever, you like my content. And then that could shrink down to where you either, you won't be able to afford it because I'll have to jack the pricing up because my availability will be so low. And uh, yeah, because then if I do that, it's because there was a devastating loss to my family, my personal life, or we're doing more things with Urban Movement because I'm a gym owner first and foremost before I am a problem solver.
0: So it sounds like it sounds like Urban Movement still like the lead horse. So uh, Micro Gym University, WTF Gym Talk, those are all in your mind still feeding Urban Movement, which is the number one goal for you is to get that. that
1: and not feeding it. I mean, like I wouldn't say feed. I would say um, it's what I occupy my urban uh, micro gym university and what the fuck gym talk occupy my entire day, all day every day. Urban movement occupies pockets of it throughout the week um, and throughout the month, but it is not my primary my primary time. That is, you know, Deuce Isaac. That is mm-hmm. their everyday grind kind of scenario. However, though. As we're going through this learning process and this, you know, we've rebranded, but as we're going through figuring out the model, as that gets further along, we start figuring it out more and figuring it out more. And I start thinking about that second location and maybe we purchase that other building by the end of 2019. Mm-hmm. Now my role will start to going back over there. So it's just kind of depending on what, like right now, my role in the business isn't, uh, is not needed to be super high, more in the design side than anything else. And, uh, but micro gym university, my need in the doing and the technician side and urban and what the fuck gym talk is extremely high. I've still got to edit this fucking vlog today. Like I've got (laughs) to do the doing in what the fuck gym talk and micro gym. So, um, but but yeah, but
0: ultimately you're not, you're not looking to have one or two successful urban movements so you can have this amazing consulting business and online school. You're looking to have this great consulting business and online school so you can then hopefully open. Fifty urban movements if it or a thousand urban that movements.
1: way. So again, what happens if I decide I'm going to corporate own them? I'm not going to franchise them. So my awesome network of people who like my content and follow it it, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Right. So now I still balance the two. Like I am still like again I'm selfishly looking to talk more with Mike and uh, and Brandon about where we end up going with multiple locations, right? So yeah, I mean that is that is like again when I play when I look at the game of chess of where my mind is on all this. Sure could it, franchising. Or or licensing like OPEX be in the future, and then this built-in clientele that I've built built up or whatever these believers in me maybe be interested in sure maybe of course that's just logic, but it's not that's not it's not my I'm not drawing that plan up I just realize that could potentially be a journey that this goes down, um, but yeah, okay. how
0: so How do you think about taking on new projects? You know, you got your hands in a lot of different things stuff that we mentioned. You have the vlog now, which we haven't really talked about. You know, you got the real estate side, you know, getting my commercial broker's license. I'm going to, I'm going to go get my commercial real estate license. Yeah. So I imagine you have a ton of ideas, right? How do you decide which things to take on and which things to, to put off? And like, what's, some, what's something right now that you want to take on that either due to procrastination or, you know, fear, or just not having the resources yet, the time, the money, et cetera, that you're,
1: you haven't dabbled into. So the I will, by the end of 2019, I wanted my commercial real estate license. I'm not doing it right now because I'm too busy. I'm still, Michael Jim University isn't out yet. Once it's out, boom, I will 100% be enrolling in commercial real estate school. I'll be attending classes four to five hours a day, twice a week for eight weeks. And I'll be a licensed commercial broker here in North Carolina. There are certain states that have reciprocity. So anyone listening to this you might be able to hire What The Fuck Gym Talk to be your broker to come fly down, meet with you, find a location, help you buy a building, work with somebody who understands the micro gym needs of a building, whatever, and you not get fucked on your lease. Anyone listening to this who's ever been fucked on a lease, my goal is to make sure that doesn't happen to anyone I work with because that is the one of the biggest pain points I see. Anyone who's got the aspirations to buy buildings – Again, there's a very few, very small pool of gym, micro gym owners who have done this and then facilitated it elsewhere. I've been facilitating and helping people buy buildings now for the past two years. I haven't made any commission on it. Now it'll be legal. Now I'll be able to, depending on which states and reciprocity and things like that. But anyway, that is one. And then up above me right now, there's 500 square feet up there. Currently works with a, uh, a tech company right now. Um, we're gonna create a content creation suite That'll have two podcasting studios, a video production room, an editing suite, and it'll be an area where content creators in Charlotte can rent, come in, and very. If any of you guys follow like 368, which is a content creation studio in uh, New York City. Um, it will have a similar, an idea behind that of people can rent it out. I'll obviously be able to use it to create content when my gym owners who do walk the walks, which is an on-site experience I do with them, take them up there and teach them how to do a podcast, like literally have the equipment. This is how you set it up. This is what you would, play. this is how it would work. This is how you shoot content. Let's practice it. And right, we're going to literally practice shooting content for your gym because I know you're nervous about it. So anyway, that that's the other thing that I want to do right this second but I just fucking can't because I haven't figured out how to get more than 24 hours a day in. Yeah. And the 3 a.m. wake-ups, I, I, I don't think I can get up any earlier and, and survive.
0: What, what pushed you over the edge on the vlogging? Because I know that was something you you
1: put off for a little while. Um, what pushed you over the edge on that one? Um. The because I, I got comfortable, I had a videographer for two years, I didn't have to do anything, like, I was lazy as shit. I just had these guys that followed me around. Like, you go from that D Rock Gary V kind of thing where someone follows you around and you get comfortable with that douchebaggery, and you're like, Man, there's nothing douchier than having this guy with a camera. Like, I'm someone important when you know you're not, when you know you're shit and shit, not the shit, you were just shit, you were nothing. And now you have to go to holding it and being in the fucking store or walking around with it at arm's length. It is a level of douchebaggery you have to overcome. You have to really deep reach into your pocket. So, anyone who's been thinking about creating content and you're really, you're nervous about being embarrassed to do it, here's my tip reach deep into your pocket. All right. Reach into there and look for all the fucks. Okay. Pull out all the fucks that you give. I don't want to look stupid. I'm embarrassed. And maybe I'm not good looking enough. I'm not funny. People are going to be thinking about me. Take all those fucks out of your pocket throw them away until when you reach in your pocket there are no fucks to give and I'm telling you when you get to a place where you don't give a fuck what anybody thinks when you're making a video and I have never once besides like a buddy of mine driving by that goes like hey douchebag like you know he sees me on the street with my boost or whatever I've never had anyone say anything negative I've always had people go what are you doing I'm like oh I just I I record content I uh I you know, I create content for gym owners that is so cool like what do you up like It's been nothing but genuine interest and awesome, man. Cool. Like it's been, it's been nothing but positive. I was so afraid people were going to like come up to me and be like, hey, who the fuck do you think you are? It's been nothing but amazing support from random people at the fucking airport at a fucking bar going to gyms that I didn't tell them I was walking in with a camera. Like it's been nothing but amazing support. Um, So yeah, that, uh, the vlog that's, that was probably the biggest thing. And then the editing, I'll edit, you know, it takes me a long time to edit it. And I won't outsource this again until I figure out the style of the vlog. And I'm only 43 episodes in. The other one just dropped today. Uh, I won't, I will, I guarantee you, I don't have that figured out even by the 100th episode. I guarantee you, I don't have that figured out just figuring out my flow, my style, how I want it to go cuz I could I could, we could hire the editor again and the videographer today to do it. I just I wanted control, control. I wanted to feel like my brand and just like Urban Movement. What the fuck Jim Talk still establishing who this guy is. What do I call you? Do I call you Stuart? I call you what the fuck Jim Talk, right? Like you got to you got to again, what is it? Is this is this a guy who has a a, a channel? In which he acts as what the fuck, like it, it yeah. takes on its own thing as as any uh, as any personal brand does. So um, that was honestly probably the, the thing that slowed me down the most was figuring out how to get over the douchebaggery. But I got rid of all those fucks in my pocket and I'm living life fucking feeling good about when I go walking in anywhere carrying a camera in my hand. That camera is in my hand more than anything. I mean, it just, but anyway, that's. but it's a lot of fun too. Some really cool moments you capture when you have a camera on you at all times. And it's the permission when people get comfortable that you have a camera on you at all times and you hold it up, like no one's like, what are you doing? You're like, oh, that's what that asshole does. He just films everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the vlog. I've really enjoyed it. So I'm glad that you're doing it. I appreciate and, it. And sticking with it. So I know you you watch a lot of YouTube. I've I've gotten into YouTube recently and uh i was wondering if you had any like favorite resources on there you know related to gyms unrelated
1: to gyms favorite channels anything like that so the best thing about youtube is that anything you watch the thing that i love about it it's not a certain um youtuber or a vlogger that i've fallen in love with it is the the platform that just breeds creativity i don't watch youtube without my notes on my phone ready to go because I will see something another creator did, and be like, fuck, I could do something like Like, I know exactly how I would relate that to what the fuck Jim talked, and I take notes. Um, and I'm not just talking, like, editing styles. I'm talking about, like, even just genres of what they cover and how they cover it. But I'm a huge fan of, like, Casey Neistat, obviously, anyone who watches my stuff knows that I, I've watched uh, a one or two Casey Neistat vlogs in the past. His stuff, if you've never watched it, watch it from day one all the way through. And it is... Um, it's amazing just what what his vlogging shows, you, it's not the editing style, what, what what the authenticity of a human being can really do. Um, that that there, you look at guys like David Dobrik, who uh, put together a four minute and twenty-second vlog. It's only four minutes and twenty seconds every single one. He does two a week, and they're super fast-paced skits. Fast-paced, funny little corpse. He finds the funniest fucking sections of hanging out with him and his wild friends. And I love that because if you watch my vlogs, it's not telling a story of my day. It's just quick little interactions or calls or meetings or thoughts. I'm trying to just get as much information because I know you have a lot of content to consume. And I'm just happy that you're consuming mine for the period of time. So I want to cram as much of it as I can in there. Um, So I pulled that from him. Um, Danny Gonzalez. Anyone watches Danny Gonzalez? He does reaction videos. This is a kid who just watches cringy, funny fucking things on the internet. And then he does a reaction video to him. I got to do that reaction video for Craig Ritchie's uh, podcast with Greg Glassman, and that was the most fun. I've been. I've got a couple other ones that I want to do, but his videos there, like how when you're short on content, you're not. There's content right now. Like nobody. It's when I say nobody, I haven't published yet. Like or the response to a Jillian Michaels interview, right? Or like I haven't published my response to the next thing that's going to happen. It's going to be trendy. In fucking CrossFit land, right? Business-wise, like Zen Planner. Anyone know that the biggest A and M in the micro gym scene since that you know it was called the CrossFit scene just happened? Zen Planner just purchased Wad. Yeah, it's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. Someone needs to comment on it. It's a really big fucking deal. There is there is really good things that are gonna happen. Do you see NC Fit is now partnering with Wattify? Who? Someone. That. Someone needs to make the conversation about the A that are happening in the micro gym scene and who is gonna partner with who, and what is that gonna look like, and how does that extra, you know, now if you're a Zen planner, you're now associated with Chris Cooper, and Two Brain, and UpLaunch, and SugarWad. And if you're not on Zen planner, you're on Wattify, you're now with the NC Collective. Like, this is gonna change the business landscape a little bit, but this is what happens in every other industry, right? I, I use Acuity Scheduling. Acuity just got bought by Squarespace, right? And now there's gonna be elements that change my Acuity experience. Anyway, so, I, I think uh, YouTube a lot has given me the opportunity. And for anyone listening, go to YouTube because it just forces you to see what creatives do with nothing more than a six hundred dollar camera, and you know what's in between the ears to create some interesting content. It shows you know it gives you good content ideas.
0: Cool. Um, so yeah, I don't want to take too much more of your time. Do you have any other resources? Uh- you know, outside of I, I kind of find that, you know, there's so many resources in our space, you know, it's a lot of some of the stuff gets repetitive at times. Do you have any influential resources for you that have been sort of unrelated to the gym industry but have helped you along the way?
1: Um, documentaries, books, anything that, like that, that you can think of? Netflix has done some really cool abstract, like The Creative Brain is a documentary that Netflix has right now. Um, Okay, I'm a big fan of documentaries. Uh, Anyone who watched The Defiance documentary, which I think was a five or six, The Defiant ones on HBO, was a five or six part documentary on hip hop and rap. Yeah. Um, Going all the way from you know the West Coast, East Coast, Tupac, Biggie days, all the way to Beats being acquired by Apple and Dr. Dre, you know them cashing out. If you can't watch that and walk away with fifteen to thirty different entrepreneur nuggets out of there, like stuff like that, I I can like I can dive deep into that. Like that is something like I can watch a documentary it has nothing to do with it. I think honestly the best thing to do though is to become um a more of a customer. Everyone that's listening to this that owns a gym, ask yourself this honest question. What subscription do you have personally, not business? So like my clients who are listening, don't talk about your fucking $2,000 a month subscription to What the Fuck Gym Talk. Talk about what subscription do you have as a personal human being that rivals your gym payment? So many gym owners are the sellers of a $200 a month subscription, yet they don't own a subscription more than 30 bucks a month. Maybe it's Birchbox or Wadbox or Bomb, whatever the fuck it's called, or Netflix. Does that not blow your goddamn mind? Does that, like that they are just alone? Go become a consumer of a subscription brick and mortar, either another gym or a Massage Envy or somewhere else like where you go and you pay X amount of money, you go to a place at certain times per week or per month and you get an experience. The best learning happens there, not in my content, not in a book, not whatever. The best fucking teacher is going to be the streets, which is just the language for experience. Mm-hmm. And that's what I believe. Like everyone always wonders, like, oh man, I never heard of Rise Nation. I never heard of Metabolic before you. It's because you're not fucking looking. I subscribe to Well and Good, uh, Pop Sugar. Um, every New York hot blog writer that talks about fitness, cause any new fucking things in fitness happen in New York or LA first <laughs> months and months before you will ever hear about them, all you lowly little gym owners like myself, before we, it would ever hit our fucking way mm-hmm. radio news, find out who the most popular fitness bloggers. are. I'm trying to think of a few of them off the top of my head right now. I'm drawing a blank, but well and good and pop sugar are great. And there's always an article as – dude, I literally was just reading one before this call. Perfect. Sweat in the City. Fuck, that's good. Sweat in the City blog post. The best studios to bring your guy to in New York City. And they talk about a couple brains there I guarantee you fuckers have never heard of. And that is where you can start kind of honing in and now take something that reading some chick's blog post about her experience there and it can lead you down a rabbit hole to find out that Tone House – is an athletics training, conditioning, group, fitness environment. And they have less than 2000 square feet and they have 582 members. And you're like, how in the world does that happen? And then maybe you decide to fucking take a $200 trip to fucking New York City for a day and take a class there and actually learn. So experience the streets, taking field trips. I, I'm just such a huge fan of, of that aspect of learning.
0: Cool, so how then how do you know what to incorporate and what to kind of leave out? Cause like, I imagine that it's easy to try to slap something onto your you're currently it's going to work out and you know
1: it does it's not in line with the brand and anything else that you do no one's going to like this answer if it doesn't come to you you don't get to have it not everyone's meant to fucking figure it out by the way, anyone coming to the Self Made Summit, don't fucking think for a goddamn second that buying a $600 ticket to this thing, you're gonna walk out and be like, I had the epiphany of the best class idea that no one in the world has ever thought of. Now, that might happen, and I really hope for your testimonial thereafter, okay? <laughs> but, guys, if you don't have it, you don't get it. If you are not in possession of the ability to look at something and see the world differently, you don't get to fucking have it, and there's no equation I can draw up for you that says, Well, yeah, but if you think of it like this and you look at that and you steal this and change it to this and put it in your branding, that's how it comes out and now you make a million dollars. That's not how this works. If you don't get it, you don't get to have it. So I would tell you that how, so to answer your question, how do I know what to keep or what to use or how to take that information and boil it down? I don't know. I can't tell you how my brain thinks, right? I can't tell you that like why I decided to take a rig out and why I decided to do this with bourbon, whatever the coffee shop, I like, there's no equation for that, but you guys, you'll never know if you've got it unless you expose yourself to different things. That's one of the best things to do in your gym is to have some people come in who don't get the industry and they'd be like, man, it's really tight in here, huh? Yeah, that's one of my biggest issues. I just can't fit enough people. And they're like, well, do you really need that big pull-up thing? What's that called again? (laughs) Like with someone and you're like, well, no, I, I, of course we need it. Like we, we do all kinds of stuff on it. I'm across the gym. I have to have it. And so I'm like, yeah, but what if you didn't have it? And it's just for someone to think differently about an experience that like our, our constructs of micro gym owners have just ingrained us into a box. That's why my logo is a broken box. Cause that embodies everything with the urban movement spilling out of the box, like fucking brain vomit every night when I wake up. Like how do I, I, I have, I'm doing this differently And I've got to put all the pieces, the Tetris pieces together for it to actually make sense to people. Um, But yeah, no, if you don't have it, you won't have it. But you'll never know if you've got it, that ability to create until you go and look at some art. Look at what other people have created. Good artists borrow, great artists steal. And that just means you get inspired by other people. You don't plagiarize. But go get inspired and you won't get inspired staying inside your four fucking walls and staring at my fucking face on on a YouTube channel. But, but seriously, though, everyone needs to go subscribe. I would really appreciate that. But yeah, after you watch my fucking face on YouTube, then go to New York City or these other awesome places and check out what they're doing. Cool. We'll wrap on
0: wrap up on that. Um, can you tell us a little bit about just where to find you and, and tell us a little about you know, Micro Gym University and this, uh, you just uh, give us the details on the event. Yeah, over so, as well.
1: so bad with URLs. So uh, I'm not even going to try this URL thing. If you have questions on Micro Gym University. Or self-made summit. You can go to what the fuck gym talk slash a bunch of bullshit that I don't remember because Joe handles all that stuff. Bottom line is go to the link in my bio on Instagram. Any important information you could ever want, my blog, micro gym university information and tickets, um, you know, self-made summit tickets and shit like that. It's all there in the link in the bio at WTF Gym Talk, anywhere, because surprisingly enough, that handle has not been taken by anybody because no one fucking wants it. But at WTF Gym Talk, Instagram, whatever, that's where you can go to learn more about anything. And I am so quick on the DM. Anybody who DMs me, you will get an in-person phone call, video message, or audio message, or response very promptly. I'm very quick on that. Um, but yeah, that's if anyone has any other questions, that's 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 how to do it.
0: Cool. Yeah, and I can I can reiterate that you are one of the most accessible and helpful people <laughs> out there. So appreciate it, Stu. Thanks for taking Absolutely, the time. Absolutely, man. This was a blast. You
1: Thank you.